Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome into the Monday after Super Bowl edition of My Guys in the Desert. Stormy Bon and Tony with you live from downtown Las Vegas in our VEASAN studio at Circus Sportsbook. It's Valentine's Day, which makes me a little bit emotional that we are essentially breaking up with football for the next six months. No more football for us. On a holiday like this, it's supposed to be about love and togetherness. It really just hurts my soul. But what we can do to make the day better is, of course, recap the action. Uh, ben Fox, VP of Digital Content here at VSIN, will join us in studio in just a few minutes to break down all the biggest bets of the Super Bowl yesterday. We'll also hear from Jimmy and Vinny over at the South Point. Get the book's perspective. And Wes Reynolds will be in studio as well for the second half hour. We'll talk through his opinion of how the game went last night and also some action today in the NBA college hoops NHL won't want to miss it but let's get to our recap of Super Bowl Sunday because Matt Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams are your Lombardi hoisting Super Bowl champions in Super Bowl 56 the final score Rams 23 Bengals 20 so Rams closes four and a half point favorites the Bengals do Win the spread total goes under the 48 and a half money line closed right where it started two weeks ago. Rams minus 200 Bengals plus 175 Cooper Cup. Your MVP had 99 all purpose yards two touchdowns cashing at six to one most books 13% of the handle 11% of bets on cup. He was also a minus 190 anytime touchdown the most popular prop at DraftKings never in doubt Odell Beckham Jr. He cashed the first touchdown nine to one also a plus 120 anytime touchdown finished just 12 yards shy of his receiving yards prop on just two receptions prior to that non contact injury Ian Rappaport did report earlier today. <laughs> That's a fun little play on words there earlier today um, that it looks like Odell potentially has an ACL tear in that left knee. Never want to see that, especially with a guy going into free agency this offseason. The game sack total of five and a half and for the Rams specifically three and a half soared over. Joe Burrow was taken down seven times being sacked 70 times on the entire season was a top three all time sack number. Not great for Joey B. Um, depending on the number you got for Matt Stafford, his passing prop likely went over for you 283 yards. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. He also went over that five and a half yards rushing prop with six. Burroughs, 263. 
went under his posted total number, um, also under with just one touchdown and no interceptions. DeMar Chase cashed his over on receiving yards and rush yards in the loss. Now as we move to number two on our list, because that was a very long number one, with Super Bowl 56 in the books, it's never too early to look ahead to Super Bowl 57, see where the odds are. And the Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills are up there. Conses consensus co-favorites at most books for plus 750 LA not far behind third on the odds board at 10 to 1 to repeat followed by the Cowboys 49ers and Bengals all sitting there at 14 to 1. Number three don't have, you're gonna have to look actually a lot farther down the board to find the Colts 25 to 1 but ESPN's Chris Mortensen reports that quarterback Carson Wentz is in jeopardy of being traded or released outright by March 18th or before when his complete 22 million base salary for 2022 would become fully guaranteed. Wentz is also set to grab an additional $6.29 million signing bonus on that date, making this just a massive decision, obviously, for the Colts. If Wentz is released early, and he'll still have to pay him $15 million, but a trade would dump the entirety of that $29 million on the acquiring team. They would likely demand a, a bit of a reworked contract there, but they'd still have to give up an asset or two to bring him on board. So just keep an eye on the Carson Wentz situation ahead of March 18th. Number four, 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo likely looking for a new home this offseason, which we know. And one NFL executive said the Washington Commanders could justify trading the 11th pick in the NFL draft for him. The executive was quoted anonymously about Washington's quarterback options for 2022 that he doesn't think Garoppolo is worth the selection or any first round choice based on his skill set and injury history but believes the organization could justify the move if they deem the quarterbacks in the draft class to be unstartable interesting 50 to 1 odds to win Super Bowl 57 the commanders are last one here the Nets are looking to put an end to an 11 game losing streak when they face off with the Sacramento Kings at Barclays Center tonight Kings Two-point favorites at the Nets. Uh, the new big three of KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons all unavailable, but Brooklyn should get some reinforcements. Seth Curry and Andre Drummond expected to be able to play. They were, of course, acquired in that James Harden deal. As is LaMarcus Aldridge, who's missed the last seven games. The Nets 5:21 against the number at home. Tip-off is slated for a 4:40 p.m. Pacific time start. But let's get back to a little bit more of the Super Bowl talk, and we'll bring in Ben Fox, our VP of Digital Content here at Veasan. Um, I mean, what was your takeaway when you talked to a number of bookmakers yesterday after all was said and done? How were they feeling? So they're feeling good. I, I like to say it's always how quickly they get back to me when I text <laughs> them. You can generally tell how well the game went. Uh, and they te they were texting back pretty quickly. So it was uh, a good game for bookmakers. Obviously, the Rams winning, but the Bengals covering. A lot of the big bets were on the Rams' money line, but a lot also on the spread. And so all those ones on the spread didn't cover. The public, again, they're always going to want to bet a little to win a lot. That's why there's a ton of money on the Bengals' money line. Mm -hmm. I think Patrick Everson had that if that game went into overtime and the over hit and the Bengals potentially had won, it would be a $20 million difference for BetMGM books. So this game was really just on a nice edge there. End up going Bengals cover there uh, and the Rams win. But they're just it was so close to potentially being oh. a much worse result for books. As a result, they're very happy today. Uh, I know one guy who's not the most thrilled, uh, our guy Mattress Mac, who we love so much, $9.5 million uh, with his two big bets combined on the Bengals' money line. But what were some of the, the big winners that did cash and maybe some of those other big losers like Mattress Mac out there? Obviously not to that extent. 
No, you know? not, not to that, <laughs> not to that extent. Uh, so a lot of the big winners uh, were at Caesars, and Caesars in the middle of the week, if you remember, they went down to Rams minus three and a half. Also dropped the money line down to minus one seventy-five. So a lot of people who want to get down on the Rams, that was your best price. And so the biggest bet, the biggest reported bet, was a two point one million dollar winner on the Rams money line. We also at Circa, they don't give out the exact amount, so we know it's a seven-figure wager on the Bengals, so somewhere over a million dollars, plus four and a half, that cashed as well. And then some Rams money line, $1.05 million there. And one better, actually, at Caesars, had three separate bets on $1 million on the Rams. He took the first half, minus two and a half, which cashed. The first quarter, minus a half, which also cashed. They were up seven to three. Also, though, had the Rams first half over 13 and a half points if you recall they missed that extra point yes. 13 to 10 at halftime so he loses uh, 800,000 or so dollars because of that missed extra point so that's so interesting uh, I mean a lot to lose on a muffed extra yes. point situation whatever that was each <laughs> um, but I was gonna ask you about that because I know for those of us out here that bet Rams minus three first half, we're all frustrated by it, but we still get a push. Yep. Like to be in that situation where you, you lose money on it's got to be, I can't even imagine. That was a tough one. There's another 500,000 plus. I think they bought it down. So it was Rams minus three, minus 130. So they got a push. But there also are always people on the other side. And somebody had at Caesars as well, $300,000 on the under 23 and a half in the first half. So they cashed that ticket at plus 100 win $300,000 with that. So generally, if there's a good beat or a bad beat, right, there's one on either side. And that extra point certainly had a couple. So with regards to uh, the MVP, Cooper Cup wins 6-1 to one most books that we saw. Um, was that a big liability for, for people, or were they okay with Cooper Cup getting that win? Yeah, they, they were more okay. Uh, there was a lot of money on Aaron Donald. There was yeah. far too much money, frankly, on Evan McPherson as well. <laughs> Uh, I saw a $1,000 bet out there at 130 to 1 that would have cashed a ton of money. Aaron Donald, uh, OBJ as well would have been one. Joe Burrow, certainly. Cooper Cup was okay for the books. And I think part of also why the books did so well, the futures books, they didn't have to worry about as much, right? No one was on the Bengals. You didn't have all of those giant tickets from before the season. And the Rams, too, were always 10 to 1, 12 to 1, 8 to 1. It's hard for a lot of liability to add up there as well as all of these overs, right? You touched on it. Cooper Cup, under receiving yards. Mm -hmm. That was 90% of the, the money at DraftKings. I uh, was OBJ one of those under. that went over. OBJ, on, OBJ should have gone over, right? I know! He, if, he, if he plays the full game, he's probably going over. But all those bets end up going under another reason it was a good day for the books. I was thankful OBJ cashed the first touchdown and anytime touchdown props for me to make up for the lack of receiving yards and receptions that he ultimately ended up getting with the injury, and which you hate to have to talk about it in that way of thinking, but yep. we're a betting network and that's what happened. And, and so. I, sh I should say he did do plenty of damage to the books because that was the consensus worst prop for really? them was the OBJ first touchdown. Uh, you mentioned the Cooper Cup anytime touchdown. That was the most bet prop at DraftKings and a, a ton of places too. I think people loaded up on Cooper Cup scoring a touchdown. They loaded up on OBJ scoring a touchdown. Jamar Chase as well, which didn't happen. But mm -hmm. just those star players, you figure they're going to play well. And those did cash a few for the betters. I'll have to ask uh, the guys at the South Point this when they join us in a little bit. But I know Chris Andrews always says they need um, they need tails because everybody bets heads. <laughs> right. Was that a liability? 
I think there was more money. <laughs> Don't ask me why. There was more money on tails. There was. There was a. I know there's a twenty thousand dollar wager. That was the biggest I saw at Caesars. Who does that? Twenty thousand dollars on tails. Twenty grand on. And the then you're out. Toss. That's it. That's it. Twenty thousand in two minutes. Ooh, what about the opening kickoff to be a touchback? Because I know. I mean, I was huge on that one. Yes. R.I.P. The the touchback. I've been saying, I mean, Pat McAfee, I think, owes some people some money. Yeah. This was one of the top five bets at a lot of shops was that opening kickoff not to be a touchback. Of course, I was on that for uh, not not that much money. That one did not come through. Another one that did not go the better's way. But pl plenty of bets that cashed. But I think uh, sports books in Nevada have lost two Super Bowls so far since 1991. This is not going to be number three. It will, it will be a good uh, good day when the Nevada numbers are released later today. Ooh. Well, appreciate the time, Ben. You are awesome. That's Ben Fox, our VP of digital content here at VEASAN. Remember, we here at VEASAN have a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VEASAN all access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball National Championship, April 4th, just $29. Sign up now. You get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, the whole shebang when you visit VEASAN.com slash madness to sign up. More my guys on the other side and Jimmy and Vinny join us from the South Point. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of and those. Then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O.
You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Over the weekend, our own Brent Musburger sat down with legendary sports better Billy Walters for just his second public interview ever. The full hour of this exclusive interview with one of the most feared sports betters of our time, currently available on vcin.com. Watch the full interview for free right now, again, only at vcin.com. We welcome you back here to My Guys in the Desert. Every week, we challenge different players, teams, to be better. On Mondays, we recap. Did they or didn't they? So let's see. First off, I challenged the Edmonton Oilers to be better. They had to fire their head coach, Dave Tippett. But I will say we're making some progress. They beat the Islanders 3-1 their first game since having to remove their head coach, Jesse Pugliarvi, scored his first goal in almost two months. Connor McDavid had two even strength points, which is a positive sign given his slump to start the 2022 portion of the schedule. But it's going to take a little bit more before we can say whether or not this team is really starting to turn the corner um, we tend to see short little bumps when a coach is let go right the team works for him we'll see how long that can last they're minus 160 favorites on the money line at san jose tonight in the nba the lake show is still the lake no they elected not to make a move at the deadline that has now lost seven of their last nine games they sit fourth in the pacific division did come down to the wire with golden state saturday just a two-point loss so they covered the six and a half and lebron james did make history now holding the record for the most regular season and postseason points ever but L.A. led that game by six with just over three minutes to play. Still couldn't get it done, which included a one for ten LeBron in the fourth quarter. Be better. Come on. You got the Jazz coming up on Wednesday, so you'll need it. And lastly, I said be better. Whichever team wins the coin toss. And for whatever reason, again, the team that won the toss loses again. Eighth time in a row. Shout out Blue Gatorade, though. Props to you. You did win. Winner three of the last four years. Time to bring in two of my favorite human beings, Jimmy Vaccaro and Vinny Maiulo over at the South Point. And we're going to talk plenty about the Super Bowl and, and how the books did in just a moment. But I got to ask you, Jimmy, that sit down with Billy Walters, with you and Brent Musburger. He does not do interviews. It is 60 minutes and VSIN because of your connection. Can you just talk about the impact that Billy Walters has had? Well, first of all, an old guy like me, and I'm sure Vincennes can jump in also. It was a great weekend, obviously starting off with you on Friday night. Kid, that was pretty doggone good, and we surely got a nice compliment from there. And the Billy thing, I'll just do it quick. Obviously, I've been friends with Billy for probably 35 years. And uh, like a lot of people in the industry, young lady, it's just like people know about you but don't know anything about you. So it was Billy, I said, you know, let me take a shot, see if my friend wants to do an interview. So I called Billy on his phone, and... Uh, he jumped in immediately when I first even started talking about it. He said, I'd love to do it, Jimmy, so we can set it up. So that's when, when I thought I'd get a hold of Brian Musburger, then Brian took it from there. So it was actually going to start out just with me, uh, Billy, and uh, Nikki Bogdanovich, but then we brought Chris, they brought Chris in and, and, uh, and Vinny in to obviously to fill the, the whole circle. And what I heard is like what I was glad that I heard because a lot of people don't know anything about Billy, just obviously with the, with the betting. He's a very humble young man. I say young man, he's my age. And he surely does a lot of good work for the community. And naturally, like everybody else, every now and then, uh, you hit a pothole. But uh, you heard a lot of what real Billy Walters is all about, and that made me feel good. He called me this morning and thanked me again and said, you know, anytime in the future anybody wants to do anything, he's welcome to do it. So like I said, it was a great weekend. Uh, the game ended up good, but um, 
personally, I think the interview to me was like the number one thing that uh, happened to me the entire weekend. It was incredible. Good stuff, Jimmy, and I agree with uh, agree with you. Started with Stormy on uh, Friday night, and then of course uh, the interview. So. Uh, a super weekend in more ways uh, than one, Stormy. Yeah, no doubt. The interview was tremendous. And also, Jimmy just goes to show, you know, how great of a person you are that he wanted to do that and be involved in it with <laughs> you. So just really cool. Um, let's talk about the big game, though, because from a numbers perspective, you have the favorite winning outright. The dog covers the spread, but you also get the under to cash. So I imagine that has to be overall pretty good for you guys from a numbers perspective. Yeah. Well, yes, obviously, you know, sometimes if you get one out of three of those situations, you'd be happy to take it because as long as you don't get wiped out. But there have been many of times in our career where, like, we're 0 for 3 going in and just hope that the props hold up and uh, break even or obviously a small winner. Now, it's not, a, uh, it's not uh, every day that the, the books lose, and we didn't. We obviously had a great weekend. This, I think it's, what, uh, 32 years now. We've only yeah. lost two times mm -hmm. on the Super Bowl. Yeah. But what we did was uh, pretty strong, and it fell perfectly because – you know, this Joe Burrow nameth kid, <laughs> he did really, really well for us. But what I mean by that is, like, simply everything that associated with them and the money line on the game, uh, he drew so many tickets in. Uh, once again, we, we took about 15 to 20 to 25, what you would consider big bets, from 30000 to $100,000. But in his case, it was ticket after ticket after ticket uh, using him and using the team because he was there. And actually, we just kept taking the bets. And Chris actually opened the game three. We were as high as five. We went back down, but uh, uh, everything fell. And even with the total, you can't ask for much more to like uh, uh, take care of everything from that particular point. Quickly, props. 55-45 as far mm -hmm. as props were concerned, which is a huge, huge number considering where we were just a short 15, yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah, it was a good uh, the good result uh, for the house, Stormy. I mean, there's no question. I mean, uh, the best scenario was Rams uh, winning the game uh, by outright uh, by one, two, or three. Um, uh, you know, when, when you factor in the, the futures and all the props, Jimmy mentioned 55-45, which uh, he had called, the, you know, it looked like it was going to be uh, a more prop uh, handle comparison uh, or ratio uh, to the game. But nothing, nothing disappointed in terms of uh, uh, the excitement. Uh, the action was terrific throughout the property. Uh, the Super Bowl exacta that was up here at the South Point, 70-1. Uh, to 1. Uh, that uh, that did cash for some folks. Uh, Rams futures. Remember, they opened a year ago at twenty-five to one. So a few tickets on them uh, in double digits. So, but uh, the best scenario uh, was uh, was the way it fell. Uh, uh, Rams uh, one, two, or three. Well, and Vinny, uh, because... you know what, kid. Uh... I'm sorry, young lady. Oh, Go no, ahead. I was just going to say, Vinny, just because you mentioned, um, you know, the props and everything, I feel like I learned at least mm -hmm. at Betting at Beers, you guys always have different stories that come out. Was there anything that was maybe hard for you to figure out or nail down or from a prop perspective, a best or worst? Well, I will tell you this. There is a prop. You know, remember, we did tell a story the other night where I had to pay a, uh, the first coin toss prop I ever booked. I paid both sides. There is a prop out there. Uh, that South Point is going to pay both sides on, Stormy. Uh, will, will there be a missed extra point attempt uh, in the game? And, of course, there, there was uh, uh, when the Rams did score a touchdown, uh, that muffed uh, handling of the, of the, the PAT uh, looked like it was going to be a missed extra point. We, uh, we scored it as a mixed extra point, but the fact is they tried to go for two. Uh, you know, and then then it was intercepted. So if if the Bengals had scored on that, it would have been two. If the Rams had gotten in, they would have gotten two. So at the end of the day, 
uh, here at the South Point, and again, check where you're at, but uh, Chris wanted me to emphasize this. Uh, the yes and the no will both be paid. Will there <laughs> be a missed extra point attempt in the game? Both sides will be paid here at the South Point. By the way, uh, BI numbers, betting interest numbers, 3123-3124, and we'll talk about that in next year's betting in beers, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, like everything else, uh, we, we surely have to go to a higher crowd also, young lady, because uh, like we've been saying for quite a quite a while, you know, must, the props, the reason you don't get paid right away in your props is like we have to wait for the NFL to finally send everything so we pay off of that. Here was a situation where obviously it cost us a little bit of money, but in a Props are great, but every while, now and then, they can throw a little thorn in you, that's for sure. Oh, I just knew that a story was going to come. I could just feel it. Um, Jimmy, you posted on... You posted <laughs> You're already on, working on next year's <laughs> betting and beers. <laughs> I've got my prep down now. Um, Jimmy, you posted on Twitter yesterday also that you'd never seen a place with so many people betting, said this might be the biggest betting event ever. So safe to say the influx of people exceeded expectations. I will use the word biggest betting event ever, like in, in this type of context, uh, uh, young lady. Just like it brought more people out who obviously were newbies. Why do I know? Because I spent most of my day just walking around yeah. doing things and whatever, and you cannot believe the amount of people who come up uh, who said, Jimmy, we've heard about the South Point, we've heard about the shows that we all do, and, and what can we do and to make it have more fun. And I told them about how to handle their props, uh, get the, you know, the bet numbers that I have fun saying and whatever. Uh, we did more tickets than we ever 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 did now the cash was about the same but as far as like people coming in there if you were here and i'm sure it was the same every other book in town that uh, we have 12 windows with no time at all was there breaking any mm -hmm. line for about seven hours using our kiosks. Our kiosks were so filled with money, we had to stop and take the money out because it wouldn't take anymore. And the ticket count was what, again, and Michael Gunn, the owner of the casino, he just was like a huge smile on his face because you could not move. There's two ways to look at it. Remember, if you're just mobile apps, you're looking that there's nothing else to, to that you want people to talk about. In the casinos, you want people to come into your casino, make the bed, have some fun, and meander around for the entire day. So it was an absolute a plus for the casinos that I can tell you. Well, now people have to actually turn their attention elsewhere. Now really appreciate you guys and all of that you do and the time. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Take care, Stormy. Thank you. That's our guys at the South Point, Jimmy McCaro and Vinny Mayula. When we come back, Wes Reynolds will be in studio with us. He'll break down how his bets went, what his perspective was of the game and look ahead to some college basketball tonight. Listen to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. On my guys in the desert, this segment brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge, or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 different varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and more, plus for your convenience. Every variety also comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, available at over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zin. So head on over to Zin.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com slash F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. As we roll along here, 
live from Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. I'm Stormy Bonantoni alongside the one and only Wes Reynolds, VEASAN host, all sport betting analyst. Let's dive into Super Bowl Sunday yesterday. I heard your final prediction. You liked the Rams to win this thing, but how did your bets on the day go? Yeah, ended up going pretty well, Stormy, and thanks for having me. I uh, had the Rams Super Bowl future from the summer at 15-1, to 1, so I was like, okay. Can't well, be mad at that. Well, how do I want to hedge <laughs> off a little bit here? Do I want to go money line? That's usually the easiest way to do it because, obviously, depending on the amount of risk that you made on the wager in the first place, that's where you can get plus money on both sides. Bengals being the underdog. So you're going to get 170, 175-ish on the money line. But I elected to try to go ahead and take the points and kind of use it as like a hedge middle because it's like, okay, if the Bengals win the game, well, I'm going to cover the number anyway. So my hedge has worked out with that Rams Super Bowl future. But I took four and a half and wouldn't, you know, landed on three. So we got the middle and ended up getting both of them. So the uh, the hedge you're worked out to be... high today. The then. hedge worked out to be a middle, absolutely. And then... Props a little bit over 500, did okay. Uh, got got a lot of them, kind of got on a roll early, like in the early gate, in the uh, early props, and then, you know, waiting for Joe Mixon to get over his receiving yards. That didn't happen. I was like, he's gonna have like 25 catches for 25 yards because that was he was getting like one yard a catch mm-hmm. pretty much, and then. Uh, And you keep thinking all you need is one, right? All you need is him to just break off for one. Would have had one more close one, too. I did have the Matthew Stafford under five and a half rushing yards. And, of course, he got seven in the first half. And then he did the kneel down at the end to lose a yard. And Zach Taylor didn't elect to take his last time out. So that actually mattered because Mm -hmm. had he done that, then you're going to see the Rams take a knee again. It's like. It wouldn't have changed the result, but it's like you can't take the timeout with you. You know, hope maybe they bo- he bobbles a snap or something, so you might as well take it. But they didn't. Had they done that, Matthew Stafford would have went under that prop. I was on the other side of that. I took the over five and a half and was sweating to see if he well, was well, going every, to kneel well, down again. Everybody was celebrating on social media <laughs> once he got that nice run, and it's like, Okay, guys, uh, history can repeat itself. Remember two years ago when everybody thought that they had a win with Patrick Mahomes over over the rushing yards and he took three knees and lost, you know, multiple yards on all of those plays. So people are going up to the window is like, okay, why doesn't this win? And then, of course, everybody Mm -hmm. has to explain it to them. You know how it is. It's crazy after a Super Bowl if people cash in tickets. I had about a million bets out there yesterday. The ones that I gave out on the show went seven, four, and one. So not terrible. I was really disappointed that the uh, extra point, whatever that situation Mm -hmm. was, didn't work out. That was a cause for confusion as well because – one of the props I did bet was the over two and a half players to have a pass attempt at plus 160. Well, that was a bad snap, so technically it's a pass, but it's technically not because he did throw the ball to try to, you know, that that bingo play where it's like, okay, we got a botched snap and, and a fumbled snap, so we got to try to see if we can go, and the holder goes ahead and takes it and tries to find somebody down the field, mm-hmm. but that didn't count as a passing attempt, but nevertheless, Joe Mixon threw for a touchdown, so right. it goes over two and a half. Right. I um, One of my favorite bets of the day was for Evan McPherson to have more points than Matt Gay, and I was so glad that... That one came home. Also, I was on the fade Cam Akers train, and I, I was, was too. <laughs> thank goodness it was terrible, and I'm confused at why they kept going to him in the first place. Because what one yard, two mm-hmm. yards, mm-hmm. push behind the line of scrimmage, doing nothing. Like I was surprised they kept going well, to him as much as they well, did. Well, one thing I did play, uh, not only because Daryl Henderson did get activated for the game, so all of a sudden you got three Rams running backs mm-hmm. that are going to get touches: Akers, Sony, Michelle and Daryl Henderson. So 
That's why I took a prop that was minus 110. Joe Mixon have more rushing yards, even though I didn't think he was going to have a lot of yards, but I thought he was going to have more in acres because mm-hmm. I thought Sean McVay was going to split the uh, carries and the touches accordingly. But one of the frustrating things, I think, if you were a Rams backer yesterday, is how often they ran on first down. And I know they lost Odell Beckham with the knee injury late in the first half. And I know that Van Jefferson was kind of half there and half not there based on what we know now that his wife was rushed from SoFi Stadium to have their baby. And, you know, obviously maybe his head is not going to be in the game. Mine wouldn't be, I think, if I was in that situation. So when you look at it, it, McVeigh, he just kept running on first down and they kept getting one yards or two yards or they kept losing yards and Cincinnati was stacking the line to go ahead and stop the run where it's like okay we know you've got your tight end out we know Jefferson you know for whatever reason not in the game and we know Odell Beckham has just gotten hurt so it's like all we got to do is stop Cooper Cup which they ended up not doing on the last drive anyway but that was certainly the philosophy I think from Cincinnati so that would that was kind of the the hard deal in terms of the running game if you're a Rams backer, but yet the Rams win the Super Bowl, averaging 1.9 yards a carry. It is a brave new world. Starting. Cam Akers, 13 carries, 21 yards, a long of eight. Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford both had a seven-yard rush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if that goes to tell yeah. you anything, their best run of the game was when they went for it on that fourth down and they did that little inside yeah. handoff to Cooper Cup yeah. that he got seven yards on. So that was like their best running game. They could not run the ball at all on this team. How did you feel about Cooper Cup ultimately getting the MVP bid? It looked mm-hmm. like at maybe Aaron Donald would have gotten it when they interviewed him first post game. I was like, oh, maybe they're going him with the big right. stop at the end. Um, how do you feel about Cup getting well, the win over Stafford? Well, I, I think it's deserved. And, and look, I, so I thought too. Aaron Donald would have deserved it too. But one of the things that happens is for the folks that vote in the press box and in the media core on this Super Bowl MVP award, you have to get those votes in by the two-minute warning. I think a couple of the writers were on Twitter last night. Shereen Williams, a longtime writer for the NFL, covered this league for the Dallas Morning News, says, hey, we got to get this in, you know, by the two-minute warning. So, the biggest plays of the game made by Aaron Donald were after the two-minute warning. They were the last two plays of the game where he, where he got the stop. So it's like maybe Aaron Donald is going to get MVP because we talked about it all week that we had not seen in a long time, couldn't recall a defensive player that had that low of odds mm-hmm. to get MVP. Usually a defensive player is going to be 40, 50 to mm-hmm. 1. He was like 12 to 16 to 1 at some places. So I do think Cooper Cup, you got to give him the credit. I mean, he made the catches. Matthew Stafford, a great drive. But – Everybody knows they're going to cup, and yet somehow, some way, he makes the winning uh, the winning touchdown and obviously kept the drive alive several times. Do you have any opinion about the Rams moving forward? Because now we see all the talk about Sean McVay. Will he or mm-hmm. will he mm-hmm. not be around anymore? Aaron Donald, will he retire? Is Matt Stafford going to go out on top now that he's finally not only won a playoff game, but he's won a Super Bowl? And that's what he's been looking for is to have that postseason success. L.A. is third on the odds board at 10-1 to 1 to re repeat for Super Bowl 57 the Chiefs and Bills are your odds on favorites as expected still Um, but any opinion moving forward of any of those potential long shots if you just want to look ahead well I would think they would try to run it back kind of like what Tampa Bay tried to do this year there was a a report I believe in the New York Post from Andrew Marshawn who's like the media reporter for the New York Post and he was like Sean McVay you know if he wins he may look to retire and Monday Night Football might want him it's like 
he's only 36 years old. Why wouldn't you try to win a few yeah. more championships? You know, hey, if I want to retire early, I can get out at 40 or 45. I don't have to coach until I'm 70. I was confused by that report to begin with. Like, would you retire and like go do whatever you want to do, Monday Night Football or whatever it is for a couple years and then come back to coaching? Like, That's always an option, but I would think, look, you want to run it back. The the Rams and Les Snead, the general manager, and uh, Mr. Kroenke, the owner, they spent a lot of capital, obviously. They gave up a King's Ransom to get Matthew Stafford. They pushed all their chips in the middle of the table, and they ended up getting a ring. I, I don't think they did it maybe just for one. I think they have at least got to try to run it back a second time around. So all these guys, you know, speculating about retirement, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, I basically think the core of this team is going to be back to try to go back to back. Well, that's, it's, it's just funny because, like, you think about how much they have invested in this team, and they did. They went all in to win now. They got all of these pieces to the puzzle. It would seem odd to me to be like, oh, no, we're good. We're yeah, complacent. We, we just wanted the want. one ring. It's like, no, we want a truck full of these things. I want to try to coach or I want to try to play and win two or three or four Super Bowls here. I mean, I would think you would want to at least try to be a dynasty. Now, I don't expect that that's going to happen with the Rams, but I would think that you're at least going to try to run it back when you look and see what Tampa Bay did last year. All these older players decided to sign like a one-year mm -hmm. extension. And now that Tom Brady is retired, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago on this show, Stormy, Tampa Bay now has 23 unrestricted free agents. So they came back to repeat. That is the only reason why they resigned to go ahead and bring everybody back and see if they can do this in consecutive seasons. How weird is it to think that the last first-round draft pick for the Rams was Jared Goff? <laughs> like, realistically, that's and then, insane. And then you look at Cooper Cup, who was, uh, what was he, a third-round draft pick. Cooper Cup had two offers out of, out of high school, and they were both FCS schools. Eastern Washington, where he eventually went, and Idaho State. No big-time Pac-12 or SEC offers for Cooper Cup, and now he's the toast of the town super. Super Bowl MVP. I think we all are massive Cooper Cup fans, um, whether you're back in the Bengals or the Rams. Just a great guy, great story. When we come back, it's Valentine's Day, so Wes and I are playing matchmaker with our V-Day parlays. Don't miss it. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, <laughs> Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. Wes Reynolds and Stormy Bonatoni with you wrapping things up here on My Guys in the Desert. Time for a little Valentine's <laughs> Day matchmaker. So. Doing a little V-Day parlay action today, Wes. And uh, which two teams will you be giving this rose to for a Cupid mm, connection? Yeah, we're uh, cueing the eHarmony theme music, <laughs> the uh, Natalie Cole song, This Will Be, from the That's famous happening. jingle, or uh, doing the Bachelor thing here. I have never watched that show, but I know that they give roses out, so I'm not exactly a Bachelor expert. But the two that I'm going to try to do a little matchmaking with actually both come on the ice tonight. Okay. So we're going to go with a couple medium-sized favorites here and went with the Edmonton Oilers and the Winnipeg Jets. And I will start with the Winnipeg Jets first. Of course, uh, they made a coaching change and actually both these teams have made a coaching change during this year. So Paul Maurice has been out, but Winnipeg has just kind of like been okay, really, after uh, Paul Maurice got let go. I think uh, they're 7-7-3 seven, seven, and three since he stepped aside back on December 17th. But they've been really good out of the All-Star break. They shut out the Minnesota Wild on Thursday, got the last-minute goal to force overtime in Dallas on Friday, five unanswered against the Preds on Saturday where they were down two to nothing. Connor Hollibuck has kind of been the goaltender that you thought he was going to be, the 2020 Vezina Trophy winner who really struggled to start out the season. Jets trying to get back into that playoff chase. They've got the Blackhawks here who a little bit of an erratic road trip for them. They went on the road and faced Edmonton on Tuesday. Then they went back on the road for St. Louis on Saturday. So they've gone back and forth to Chicago on this road trip. It's not like the normal road trip. I know you've made Stormy when you covered the Golden Knights where it's like you're on the road for like five or six straight games. You're not going back to Vegas and then flying back out. So I went with the Jets in the first leg of the parlay and then also the Edmonton Oilers who a road favorite against San Jose. San Jose, by the way, has not played since February 1st. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe there could be a little rust there in that first game out. It is going to be Stuart Skinner, the backup goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers that is going to be going. And we know Edmonton, they made a coaching change. Dave Tippett got fired and now Jay Woodcroft takes over. They're 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. And we know we were talking about this over the break, how frustrated Edmonton is as a team. They have so much talent. They have Connor McJesus, Connor McDavid, <laughs> Leon Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, 
very good talent on that team that Edmonton has always had, but somehow they disappointed. But I think ever since they decided to part ways with Dave Tippett, they've come out of the all-star break really on fire. I think San Jose, maybe a little rust in that first game back with two weeks off. So I like the Oilers and the Jets. Yeah, tonight. the Oilers did get that good win against the Islanders. They finally got some goal scoring back, but it's just crazy. They're just too talented and too mm-hmm. deep to be a net neutral goal scoring team. Right. It really bugs me. Anyways, um, for my part, I might even throw the Jets in on mine. I don't know if we can do three for a Valentine's Day parlay. It's, it's usually, your show. It's you usually for two, though, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to give any ideas. Um, so I have one on the ice and one on the hardwood tonight. Um, I like Toronto Maple Leafs plus 105 on the puck line and the Clippers and Warriors over their total to 19 and a half. Um, Maple Leafs are at Seattle tonight. This is a get-right spot for mm-hmm. Toronto, written all over it for me. The Leafs have lost back-to-back games, but they've, I feel like, outplayed their opponent. Um, the Kraken, well, they might be just what the doctor ordered, is basically what I feel for this team to get their scoring touchback again. Since December 29th, the Kraken have lost 12 of 18 games, allowing four goals per game in that span. Toronto is the best team in the NHL in terms of expected goals. Um, their goal share is top five. They have the best power play in the NHL and the Kraken are a team defensively that their PK is pretty soft. It's not, but I think that there's a lot of advantages there for Toronto to win by more than a goal and a half. And then as far as Clippers Warriors, it's a third meeting um, in their first two matchups this season. Total is 228 and 195. Both teams are allowing around 114 over their last handful of games. And I've seen this total go over Four of Golden State's last six games and five of the Clippers' last six games. So I just feel like you can get some points on the board for these two. Well, and to your point, the defense really has not been that great for Golden State of late. And we're kind of, it feels almost like Stormy. We're getting like in the the dog days of the NBA season where it's like, okay, they know the all-star break is coming up. So we've just had the trade deadline. So this is a really, I think it's really tough to handicap the NBA, especially pre-flop. And that's why I've been doing a lot more second half and end game this year. Mm-hmm. Because number one, we don't know who's going to play. You don't know who's in COVID protocol or who is not. You don't know who's getting that rest day, that load management day. So it's awful hard, I think. And I think it, that's why you get so many erratic performances like Golden State, who's really good defensive team, haven't been so good the last few weeks. I know we were going to talk about a few um, college basketball games, but was there anything else just on the NBA slate tonight that you were going to try to keep an eye on if you wanted to in-game or if you did like any of the pre-flop numbers? Well, I, I missed the number on a couple of these, and that would be the uh, San Antonio Spurs. This did get bet. I know John Von Tobel was on them at five and a half, and then I looked after I read that. I was like, oh, it's three and a half. So <laughs> I've already missed the number, but I thought he made a very good case in his great write-ups that he does every day at vcin.com, mm-hmm. breaking down the NBA card night after night so I thought that that absolutely made sense but like I say with NBA I often go mainly second halves right now because I never really know who is going to play and how these teams really I think you know who's going to really go hard before the all-star break stormy or are you going to have teams that are kind of like yeah, we just want to get to a few days off. You know, we've been running hard for right. a few months here. Well, you don't have to worry about that in college hoops, and there are a ton of games to choose from. Actually, if anybody's on score watch right now for St. Louis St. Bonaventure at halftime, 48-32, the Bonnies are leading. Trying to sweep um, St. Louis, by the way, because they did yeah. beat the Billikens in the Chaffetz Arena on Saturday. Se- second game in four days. Yeah, <laughs> you see a lot of that, a lot of weird scheduling in some of these leagues. I know the Mountain West has done it where you got like, 
three games in five days because of all these different pauses in the season. Yeah, and so like you said, the Bonnies won that first meeting. They were five-and-a-half-point road dogs in that game, won it outright. Um, so we'll see what happens there with the big lead so far at the half. Um, in the ACC, Virginia, Virginia Tech uh, in Blacksburg. Both teams have been on a couple mm-hmm. of win streaks here. Any way you like or lean? Yeah, I took Virginia at five. There's some four-and-a-half out there. You can still buy it if you want to lay minus a dollar twenty and buy that hook. But Virginia, I think they got that win over Duke, and I think maybe this has given them a little confidence mm-hmm. because this has been one of the worst teams that we know Virginia has been so great and, of course, won a national championship a few years ago. But it's been one of the worst units Bennett has had really on defense. But I think they're starting to kind of pick it up a little bit. Virginia Tech has been shooting the ball very well. Uh, they did lose by two, by the way, at uh, Charlottesville against Virginia. But Virginia, we know what they do defensively. They run that pack line. They don't allow anything at the rim. So they'll give you a lot of open threes, and you just got to knock them down. But that's easier said than done. Probably another, like, rock fight, low-scoring game in order here. And I think more often than not, that is going to favor uh, Virginia. But their defense is starting to get better. And I think getting that win at Cameron against Duke, who was red hot at the time, gave this bus some confidence. So I took UVA plus five. Okay, like that. Um, in the Big 12, Oklahoma State at number t- six, Kansas tonight at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Kansas had a really hard stretch recently. They had those five games against top 25 opponents, came out of that beating Texas Tech, Iowa State, and Baylor, fell to Kentucky and Texas. Now they're fresh off a narrow win over unranked Oklahoma, 71-69. Do you think KU rolls at home with the big number? I actually do not. I like the okay. 10 and a half here, and that's what I took with Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, by the way, 12 and 12, but they've had better wins than their record would indicate. This is a team that did beat Texas, that did win at Baylor earlier in the season when Baylor was undefeated. They've beaten Oklahoma. They're only five and seven in the league. But one thing about Oklahoma State this year is that they have that NCAA tournament postseason ban. So, you know, the fact that they've at least been competitive and continue to play hard, I think is a testament for them. Going to KU and playing Kansas in Fog Allen Fieldhouse, that's going to be like their bowl game, if you will. Like, that's going to be their Super Bowl, if you will, because they're going to get up for Kansas and they're going to get up for Oklahoma. Of course, that's the Bedlam rivalry in the Sooner State. So they're going to get up, I think, really for both of those teams. And that's why I like them in the points tonight. And Kansas, uh, you know, playing solid. The Big 12 is a very good conference. Kansas and Baylor seem like the best two teams. But all of a sudden, you're seeing Texas Tech come along and Texas come along. I think Oklahoma State is going to be able to drive and get to the rim against Kansas. Even though Kansas has sides down there, they don't really – You know, they give up more baskets than they should at the rim. Oklahoma State, also on defense, they take away the catch and shoot, which is really what Kansas does best. Kansas doesn't really have that great guard that we're so used to Bill Self and those guys having that can really, like, break you off off the bounce, Mm -hmm. that can get to the rim and take you off the dribble. So they've been a lot more shooting reliant and a lot more big man reliant. So 10.5 for me on the plus side for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And I do like that point because you think about, you know, nationally ranked top 10 teams playing at home and having the home crowd behind you, but it's also the Super Bowl, like you said, the team on the other side. You always want to play your best against the best. And And when a team like Kansas, who did get the road win in Stillwater, Bill Self, by the way, is an Oklahoma State alum. They've always kind of had the dream that he, the old guy is going to come back to help his alma mater out and coach them into the future. So I think Oklahoma State comes out very well tonight. And this is a game throughout. Love it. Taking the points. Thank you so much, Wes. Thank awesome you. of him to join us in studio for this half hour. Danny Burke and Rush Hour are next.
Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At-